It's the 12th of September, 2022. So we practice cultivating the mind and being intent in that, inspiring ourselves to do this. As these bodies of ours, they feel hungry and thirsty each day. And so we need food and water and also air and heat to nourish them. But the food for our hearts is something that's very important. And the heart that has understanding and that has knowledge, it has the wisdom that allows it to let go of all of the sense impressions and moods. So sometimes in our lives, there are th- issues that are very kind of heavy, um, things that are important. But that which is more important is the wisdom to let go. And whether we're able to let go of a little or a lot. So the suffering that we experience is because of our thinking, this deluded thinking about self and taking all things to be me and mine. And this is what happens to a mind that is lacking in wisdom, that attaches, it clings to this and to that, thinking that all these things really are me. And so suffering then arises. And this keeps us cycling in the cycle of samsara. So if we have some knowledge, and if we have some sincerity in this practice, then we can raise up this inspiration to fight against all the things that obstruct us. And no matter how hard that may be, no matter how arduous, we still fight on. Until we're able to pass over all of those obstacles. All of these things within our hearts that obstruct our progress and don't let our minds settle into peace. And these are things that all people have within them. This delighting in sights and sounds and tastes, smells, tactile sensations. And there's also anger, ill will. There's a mind which is scattered and restless um, in all of the things that it likes and dislikes. And there's also this being annoyed without any reason for that. And some people are more given to feeling drowsy and falling asleep. And whenever they practice, then they just fall into the state of drowsiness. And this too is a hindrance. And then there's the doubts within the mind. These doubts that keep us going back and forth, back and forth, without stopping never really getting anywhere or slowing down our progress. But if we have wisdom to see the arising and ceasing of these things, of these hindrances, 
and then we can let go of them. And these doubts, well, how do we be relieved from doubt? If we understand the nature of arising and saying for a bit and then ceasing, then it's possible for all of these to be finished with. But then there can be proliferation again, speculation, thinking, well, if I don't doubt, then how can I know whether I am on the right path, or how do I know whether I'll get lost? And so, when that happens, then wisdom just doesn't come up, and then we lose again. We may read the scriptures in order to relieve our doubts, and may succeed to one degree. can listen to Dhamma to relieve our doubts, and succeed to a degree. But what we really need to do is to meditate in order for knowledge to arise within ourselves, so we can see clearly for ourselves. There are some people who are more disposed towards lust, and they like very beautiful things. So in that case, they should contemplate the unattractiveness of the body. These ten asuba recollections, these are things that lay people can reflect on as well. And we can also follow up on our hearts. So like if the eye sees a form and there's liking towards that, then we know the heart, we look at that, knowing that it's given to liking. And then we also recollect how forms are unattractive in order to fix the situation. Because if this liking, this pleasure has arisen and there's attachment, then the mind won't be peaceful. And also if there's disliking, then it won't be peaceful either. So we look at these and we know, well, is there liking there right now? Is there disliking there right now? Is there a sense of self that's come up? Am I thinking about me and mine? Is the mind proliferating about these things? So we should ask ourselves, well, who is it? Who is it that thinks like this? Who takes these things to be self? And if our mindfulness is well established, then we know that it's just thought. Just thought that comes and then goes and then we don't attach to it as being me or mine. So we need to be aware, following up on what's happening and contemplating, practicing as well, following our minds. Because those people who follow up and know their hearts, those are the ones that will free themselves from Mara's snare, Mara being that which destroys goodness. So when our mindfulness is well established, and then peace can arise, and then steadily we gain um, this understanding. And here, this develops into the factors for awakening, those which allow us to awaken to the Dhamma. But in order for this to come up, we need effort. And no matter what it is, we succeed due to our effort. So it's true for practice as well. And if we don't put effort into our practice, then we simply won't succeed.
So we free ourselves from suffering due to our efforts. So why is it then that we don't have effort? We know that effort is a skillful quality. Laziness is an unskillful quality. And that these things are there within the heart. If we see the dangers and the drawbacks in sangsara, then we'll have effort. If we don't see that, then we'll just delight in this and in that, in all the various sense impressions and sensory experiences. So for practitioners, even though they may be lay people, we can still see the Dhamma all the same. We can just ask ourselves, where am I? This me. Here, is that me? The hair of the body, is that me? The nails, the teeth, the skin, are those me? We can separate out the body into the 32 parts and ask ourselves, well, which one of those parts is me? If we pull all those parts together, then we get the feeling that there's a self there, this is me. So we be firm in this contemplation until peace arises and wisdom arises. It can be really incredible at this point. So for myself, when I was practicing, then there was one time when there was a dead body in front of me. And a profound sense of inner disillusionment came up. And so there was this thought that there's a dead body in front of me. But then the mind became still and peaceful. And mindfulness um, was well established in this recollection of death. And at that point then there was no thought of there being a name to this body. There's no person there, no male, no female, no child, no adult, no occupation that they had. The mind was just still. But then when it started to uh, proliferate, So when they started to put the uniform on the body, this uniform of being a police officer or that of uh, a soldier or of a civilian, then there was a feeling that came up and they started to put the uniform on. But it hadn't yet reached proliferation. It's just a feeling. And then there was mindfulness there and wisdom that came up. This wisdom that this person isn't really anything. It's just emptiness. There's knowledge appearing. The mind became empty and understood that it's, it's just like this. And there was an understanding into the Dhamma. And so this is one kind of jnana of knowledge. And someone may ask, well, was the mind in a state of jhana at that point? Well, it wasn't. Because there were still feelings there. There was still this perception of sight. My eyes were still seeing. But there wasn't proliferation. There wasn't proliferation, but the mindfulness was well established. Samadhi was firm. And the mind was in a state where it was ready 
for wisdom to arise. In order to see clearly how there isn't a self there. And so this wisdom arose. This knowledge, this insight came up. And it was like this for a long time. And when this happens, it can last for long. Seeing all bodies as just being like biological contraptions, that they're not actually people. It's like when we drive a car, then we know that that car isn't me. I am one thing, the car is something else. So when the mind is still, then it's like this too. And that like these bodies that we have, they're like cars that we drive, or like these robots that are running on artificial intelligence. And so a cleared knowledge can arise. And that there isn't really any being there. It's just these robots that are tottering about. It's not a person. It's not a being, not an individual, not me, not you. But if we see without wisdom, then we see these things as being people. This person, that person. There's proliferation there. Liking, sometimes disliking at other times. But in truth, it's not like this. And when we see the Dhamma arise for us, then we know that that's not really the case. There's faith that comes up, this inspiration that arises, our effort grows and grows. And if we see the organs within the body, then we understand how our organs and the organs of other beings are no different. They're no different from those of animals or pigs. And for myself, when I saw that, then 15 days after that, I, couldn't, I still couldn't eat meat. But slowly that feeling kind of, um, dissipated and the wisdom grew less and less. And then this feeling of atta, of self, came up again. <clears throat> and so at that point we have to practice again, we have to recollect again. So we shouldn't be discouraged in this Dharma practice but rather bring up our effort and sincerely take on this practice and just carry on developing it. Because what is it that we could want from this world? The days, the nights, they steadily fall away and in no long time we'll be separated from everything. And each day there are people that die. But for us, our bodies are still strong. We're still able to walk, so we should do that. So like the last one lunar observance day, there were many monks who walked, um, kind of circumambulated the jetty along the road around the jetty and did that 108 times, walking from 10 p.m. until 3 a.m. And they were able to complete that 108 rounds. And so we'll try doing that each Lunar Observance Day. But it's important to have mindfulness with that walking as well. To not just try and get there in time, to not just focus on those 108 rounds, but to make mindfulness the emphasis. And to walk until the body and mind are light and buoyant. If that happens, then it shows that samadhi is well established. 
you can get to the point where it feels like the body is just floating around and feels very at ease. And then we can contemplate then how it's not me that's walking, and then wisdom can arise. So initially we need to use these uh, samatha, kamatana objects, these meditation methods uh, that give rise to peace and make our mindfulness consistent. And this steadily will develop into wisdom. And so may you really set your hearts on that. And if you do, then in no long time, this wisdom can arise following up on this mind, knowing the state of both the body and mind, how the anicca, dukkha, anatta, is um, constant in suffering and not self. And to carry on doing that until you actually see that, until you see the Dhamma. And so may all of you be sincere in this. <laughs>